This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 291 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. Enjoy today's tip. Hi, Glenn the Geek, back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Today, we'd like to welcome back our Doctor of Nutrition, Dr. Nerida Richards from Australia. She is also the founder and the person behind FeedXL, one of our good sponsors here on the Horse Radio Network at FeedXL.com. Well, as you know, we have her back on a regular basis to talk about horse nutrition. And today is no exception, and we'll be right back with Dr. Nerida Richards after these words from Equestrian Collections about their fantastic shipping program. Equestrian Collections is a true innovator in the retail horse world, and they have done it again, this time with their new shipping program. It's called their Unlimited Shipping Program, and there are two options, and you can choose the one that's best for you. It's simple. Pay only $34.95 one time a year and get unlimited one-way shipping to you from Equestrian Collections. You heard right. Pay only $34.95 once a year for unlimited shipments. The second option is only $15 more. You pay only $49.95 for unlimited two-way shipping. That means even your returns will be covered. That's unlimited shipping both ways for as little as 15 cents a day. Think about it. Even if you ordered every day, you won't pay any more for those shipments. Now that's an innovative company at equestriancollections.com. Well, hi, Dr. Richards, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Hi, Glenn. Great to be back again. You know, we have a picture of you on the website there at horsetipdaily.com. Just look up Dr. Richards on the left and uh, check out her bio. Who's the horse with you? Uh, that horse is a horse called Poet. Um, he's actually a young quarter horse that I bred out of my mare, who I've had since she's six months old. Oh, wow. And um, she's 24 now. So she's been with me a long time, and that is her um, baby, who's not so small anymore. Are uh, quarter horses popular in Australia? They are, yeah. They are certainly popular. Oh, good. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Is there a prevalent breed there? Or is it like anywhere else? <sighs> a lot of I, I, to be honest, I'm I'm really hopeless with bloodlines. Um, oh, as as far as uh, our Australian stock horse is very popular. Yeah. Um, quarter horses are very popular. Are they Australian stock horse? That's similar to a quarter horse? It, it can have quarter horse bloodlines in it. Okay. Um, they tend to have quite a bit of thoroughbred back in their bloodline, so they, they tend to be a little bit finer than a your traditional quarter horse. Um, my horses actually probably look a little bit more like a, a stock horse than a quarter horse as well because they're a bit taller and not quite so chunky. Well, he's cute in the picture. Oh, he's a, he's a rat. <laughs> <laughs> but he's lovely. <laughs> now, he's what real, kind of riding a, do you do? Uh, at the moment, not very much, but um, I've had a little bit of a dabble in most things. I'm not a particularly competitive rider. Um, I did a sport that we have in Australia called camp drafting, which you guys don't do, I think, but it's a little bit like, um, well, to start off with, it's like cutting. You have to cut a cow from the herd, um, but then you actually take it out and, and basically run a barrel pattern chasing the, the cow. So it's a lot of fun. You have to fun. chase the cow through the barrels? They're not they're trees, but it's basically in a barrel pattern. Really, would be the easiest way to describe it. Yeah, so huh. um, that's a that's a really popular sport in Australia. Wow, 
There you hmm. go. Who so knew? I've done a little bit of that, a little bit of eventing, a little bit of show jumping, but nothing at, at, a, at a high level just for the fun of it because I enjoy it. And now you started a family, so that's all on hold. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny enough. <laughs> that's what happens. Although we have a, our spotlight eventer for the uh, 2010 radio show, which is the World Equestrian Games radio show that we do. We mm-hmm. were following one athlete out of each discipline, and she's out of Canada by the name of Jessica Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And she is she's about your age, actually, a little bit younger, but she had her first child in April. She rode until the day before. Oh, the, well. And then you just had a baby, so this is going to mean something to you. And then three weeks later, she was competing in an advanced level event. Ugh. Oh, I take my hat off to her. And that was in April. (laughs) Beginning of April, she had that baby, and and she is now uh, uh, qualified for the WAG. So she'll be riding at the WAG. Good on us. We were going, are you just, you're just playing crazy. (laughs) So she's the nicest, sweetest girl you ever want to talk to, too. There you go. And now she's carrying a baby around in one of those papoose things. What do they put it on the front? uh, I forget what they're called. But uh, you see pictures of her now doing lessons with the baby strapped in. So (laughs) that's great. Baby's going to know how to ride by the time it's one. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dr. Richards, we're here to talk about. I always get off on the topic. Sorry about that. But uh, we're here to talk about nutrition. Yes. What's today's topic on the agenda? So today we're going to talk about putting weight on a horse Um, and most people are probably going to switch off about now and groan and go, oh, that's completely the opposite problem to what I have. in America we don't usually have that problem. Believe it or not though, there is is horses that do have problems putting on weight. Well, we've Um, had a lot more of that. I don't know about you guys, but we've had a lot more of that uh, and it's become a big problem since the economy went south. Uh, mm-hmm. There, you know, horses that have been neglected and let go, and so there's a lot more people now taking horses in that need to be need to be refitted, and and that's what we're talking about today, doing that safely. So yes, yeah, and also, I mean, there's a lot of horses, you know, thoroughbreds and standard breeds that come out of their racing stables. They'll often lose quite a bit of weight while they're in um, their racing preparation, so they need to put weight back on um and and healthy weight so they can do like fat and muscle they need to put it back on before they can go back in and, and have another racing preparation um people who take thoroughbreds and standard breds as riding horses after they've been in a racing stable they often need to put to put weight on um before they're you know presentable to take out to shows and things like that so there is there is people who do um need to put weight on horses even though most of us have problems keeping it off but um so we're just going to go through seven steps um for putting weight on a horse um and the first couple are, are, are pretty um pretty standard ones that everyone would have heard the first one is make sure the horse is wormed with an effective wormer because um, if your horse has got a heavy worm burden there's no way known you're going to get weight back on it um, so that one's pretty basic the second one is have a qualified dentist correct any issues with the horse's teeth. Um, now, there's various studies showing that, you know, correcting a horse's teeth does help with weight gain. There's also studies that show that correcting a horse's teeth doesn't actually do much for weight gain, but um, I'm, you I'm don't... On, I'm on the first camp. Yeah. I'm a big believer that, you know what, if my teeth hurt that bad, I'm not going to eat as much either. So No, true. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it can't... I, my theory is it can't hurt to have the teeth correct. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You don't want it, particularly with a horse that's needing to put on weight, you don't want them in any kind of pain whatsoever. So if there's pain in their mouth from teeth, um, giving them problems, 
they're um they're not going to eat as much as they probably should and and also just being in pain affects a horse's ability to put on weight so um the third step is ask your veterinarian to carry out a full health check uh, and make sure there's no underlying diseases um and gastric ulcers is one that comes up all the time in horses that are having problems putting on weight um so so check particularly for things like gastric ulcers um, and any other problems that might be stopping this horse from putting on weight. So even things um, like lameness in the front legs, um, if they're sore in their front legs, they're not going to want to have their head down grazing and for long periods of time because it hurts. So anything like that that your vet can find um, will will help your horse. So uh, in the newsletter that's on our on our website, um, we've got a little note there saying if your horse is emaciated, um, you need to be really careful how you feed them to put on weight. Um, and you can work with your with your vet to um, develop a feeding program. And there's also a, a link in our newsletter to the refeeding guidelines um, published by the American Association of Equine Practitioners. Uh, and it's a good idea to follow those if you are feeding one of those walking skeletons back to health. Okay, great. And, and um, I wanted to mention that you guys do have a lot of good newsletters at FeedXL, so I wanted to throw that in there. They're worth uh, taking a look at and printing off. Yeah, all of these um, all of these tips that we're talking about have, have got a newsletter. So if you're um, struggling to keep up with what I'm saying, it might be it's great to go and have a read of the newsletter as well. Right. Um, so step four, and this is probably the most important one, and it's also um, probably the thing that's most overlooked by people trying to put on put weight on their horses, is make sure the horse has access to as much hay and and or pasture, so as much forage as it can possibly eat, um, free access all day. It's we tend to get quite focused on on feeding, you know, your higher energy, fancy type feeds for putting on weight, um, and and forget about the basics of, of feeding and making sure that they've got enough forage. But it's the most important thing you can do is make sure that they've got heaps of, of hay or um, pasture available to them um, and and as literally as much as they can eat. So, you know, make sure that there's a little bit left over each day without, you know, walking it all into the ground and, and wasting it. Now, the do next... we worry about, because uh, we're in an area where the grass is very lush and mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about what... Right now, we're talking about when the horses are actually beyond the skeletal, where eating too much is going to hurt them. So are, uh, that's where I'm a little confused here. Because you okay. can feed too much of this grass to horses or, you know, a founder and everything else. Um, so are we beyond that point? Are we talking about horses that are just, uh, you know, just at that stage three and four? Or are we talking about horses in one and two? You know, where, where are we at? It- you're talking about condition scoring. Yes. So, yeah, um, sorry about that. Yep. Anywhere. So I'm talking about horses that are sort of in condition score two, three, and four, and you want to you want to get them sort of up to five and six condition okay. score. Um, so those horses, generally with your with your pastures, and there's always going to be exceptions to this rule, but generally with the your, your lush pastures and pastures that have got high levels of sugars and starches that that cause the laminitis problems for horses, they'll generally cause those problems if that horse is what they call insulin insensitive or or has insulin resistance. Um, So when they eat those sugary pastures, they get a a big spike in insulin um, and it looks like it's the insulin that actually triggers um, the path of events that then leads to laminitis. So it's typically it's the fat horses um, that have insulin resistance and and generally horses that are quite light in – 
condition have have good insulin resistance so the likelihood is that they'll be able to eat those those pastures with no problems um, but it comes down to knowing your own individual horse so if you know that your horse can't handle that type of pasture um, then it might be a case of of limiting its amount of pasture turnout time so you know you might turn it out on the pasture early in the morning when the sugar levels are lowest um, and then bring it in to a yard or a dry lot um, but in there make sure that it's got access to as much timothy hay or um, bermuda grass hay or whatever type of hay you've got access to as much of that as, as it can eat for the rest of that 24-hour period okay great yeah all right um, we see a lot so, of muzzles here in kentucky yeah, that was the first place I saw a muzzle. It was before they'd come out in Australia. But just remember, we're talking about horses here that need to put on weight. So right. muzzles are generally on a horse that is right. too heavy and needs to lose heavy. weight. Right. Um, right. So just keep that that differentiation there. Okay. Um, the next step for putting on on weight, and this is one that I I really do quite like, is is feeding alfalfa hay together with the grass-based hay. Um, now, alfalfa has got lovely protein in it, um, and it's also higher in energy than your grass hay. So to put weight on, a horse needs to eat more calories than it actually needs to maintain its body on a day-to-day basis so that the, the extra calories um, and the extra protein as well can then be laid down as, as more muscle and some condition. So that's the whole aim of the game. Um, so by feeding some alfalfa hay, you're adding a higher energy forage and it's also got this really lovely quality protein in there um, and it does it, it does do a lot for horses that need to gain weight. Um, now people often ask well how much alfalfa hay should you use um, and it's really again it comes down to the individual horse and, and how much weight they need to lose, um, sorry need to gain, now I'm doing it. Um, but <laughs> I usually say start between um, half a pound and one pound per 100 pounds of body weight. Um, so that you know that's a good starting place and if you think your horse needs more you can feed more if it doesn't agree with that particular horse then you can feed less or or take it out altogether but it it is a really nice um, addition to a horse's diet that needs to gain weight Um, and in some cases um, for some horses you might find that that's all you need to do with um, with their diet apart from and we'll get to this in a a second apart from making sure the diet is balanced because um, We've talked about this in, in other tips. If the diet isn't balanced, it's the, whatever's missing is going to limit that horse no matter what you do. Um, so if, if something like, I don't know, vitamin B1 and selenium are missing, that um, that could well limit that horse's ability to put on weight because, um, you know, just won't be as healthy as it as it could be um, and it'll, that will hold the horse back. So you need to make sure the horse's diet is balanced. But for some horses, just increasing the amount of hay or pasture they've got access to and, and adding some alfalfa hay is all they need to put on weight. Um, it may just be that the, that the horse just wasn't getting enough fibre. We actually had a really nice... Um, email from a lady or a testimonial from a lady the other day in Los Angeles saying that she has this old quarter horse and she was struggling putting weight on him um, and she said she was, this is her word, supplementing supplementing him up the wazoo, <laughs> like just feeding him, you know, all these supplements that he really didn't need. And when she put his diet through Feed XL, basically all it told her was that he needed more hay in his diet and um, the barn that he was stabled at wouldn't change his diet according to how she wanted him fed so she moved him to a new barn and apparently the people at the new barn now say that he's just he's a different horse um so and that that little story is actually going to be published in the californian writing magazine um but see so it can be as simple as just feeding them more hay 
And, you know, here in the United States, there are places where hay is just so expensive that that's why the barns are going, I don't want to feed them any more hay. Mm. You know, and it is very expensive here in places. And, and in other places, it's not so bad. You know, where we live, yeah. obviously, it's not so bad. But um, Well, you, when you're in Los Angeles and trying to feed a horse, I imagine yeah, it would be quite expensive and, you know, to even feed them hay. Florida is very expensive. My brother lives down there, and he'll pay, you know, 14 to $20 a bale. Yeah, uh, and we pay two to three dollars a bale here. So, oh, really? Yeah, it's. It, See, it's we pay fourteen to twenty, pretty oh, standard. Really? Yeah. So it is. Hay is one of the most expensive um, parts of a horse's diet, but it's also the most important Important. part because if you if you skimp on feeding hay, you're going to affect the whole um, health of their gut because they need to um, be filled up on forage to be healthy, basically, and you need to keep their their hindgut healthy, which we'll talk about um, later on. But um, if you skimp on hay, then you, you're going to going to affect the whole process of digestion and, and how easy it is for that horse to maintain his weight. All right, great. And, of course, you can find out more about your horse by just plugging his in, information into FeedXL.com. Uh, that's uh, Dr. Richard's website, and it's very informative. It's worth checking out. There's a lot of good stuff there. And, and of course, these papers we talked about are there and available as well. Yep. So that's at FeedXL.com. Can I just add just the the last? Sure. Um, <laughs> sorry. I thought you were done. This. Go ahead. No. <laughs> no, there's heaps more you can do. <laughs> I, um, so after, so for some horses, just adding more hay is going to be enough. Um, if it's not enough, um, just adding more hay, then you're going to need to step up to adding some higher energy feeds to your horse's diet and these fall into three categories so there's your high energy fibers um probably the one that you're going to be most familiar with is sugar beet pulp um there's also things like yep beet pulp um so also things like soybean hulls and copper meal fit into this category what they are these feeds have basically got the same amount of energy as oats but they're high energy fibers so they're really easily digested fibers um and they're they're a great way for increasing their energy content or the the calorie intake of a horse's diet um, without actually adding grain to the horse's diet. So if you've got a horse that gets a little bit touchy, if he goes on to grain-based feeds, um, but you need to put weight on, then using these high-energy fibres is a great option. Um, cereal grains and, and your grain-based feeds, so all of the sweet feeds you see and the pelleted feeds that you've got available, um, they're nearly all grain-based. Um, adding them to the horse's diet will, will increase calorie intake. Um, and a grain... A grain has, say, 12 to 14, oh, I'm going to talk in megajoules now, megajoules per kilogram. This It'll give you a comparison anyway. 12 to 14 megajoules per kilogram of, of um, energy, whereas a, a hay might only have, say, seven, seven to eight and a half. So you can see that they are quite a bit um, denser in energy. They've sometimes got double the amount of energy as what a hay will. So adding them allows you to increase calorie intake um, but with a much smaller amount of feed. Uh and then your last high-energy feed you can add is your high-fat feed, so your rice bran-based feeds, um, and also just your, your, your straight oils, which have got about three times the amount of energy as grain does. So they're a really good way to add a lot of calories to the diet in a small meal. So what we find with horses that have trouble maintaining weight is they're often finicky eaters as well, which right. is probably half the reason why they um, – don't maintain their weight very well. So you, you can't just give them massive feeds. Um, so with ones that don't eat very much, using oil is a really good way to increase the energy concentration of the diet without increasing the size of the meal as such. Um, and the, the other advantage of oils is that they tend to not make a horse as hyperactive 
as the same amount of energy. Right, it's the same amount of sweet feed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, they are they are a good good way to go if you've got a horse that needs to put on weight. Um, and just while we're talking about that too, that's the biggest problem with weight gain diets is they do tend to make a horse far more energetic in its behaviour than than what it would be just on a maintenance diet. So if you've got a horse that needs to put on weight um, and that you're also wanting to ride and, and show, it's a great idea if you can turn them out and let them put on weight so that you're not having to deal with their behavioural issues um, <laughs> while you're trying to get them to put on weight. Um, it's it's brilliant because you can get them get the weight on them that you need and then you can bring them back to a diet that will just maintain that weight so that you can, you can ride them um, when they're not being fed such a high-energy diet. The exception, I guess, to that is if, if your horse is really well-educated, then generally um, it won't be a problem. But if you get an off-the-track thoroughbred that, you know, has only ever learnt to race and, and run around a track, it's really, really hard to feed them to put on weight and also educate them at the same time. So do do one or the other. Don't try and do both of them at the same time. <laughs> Um, and the and the last step, um, and again, this probably should be first, but make sure the diet is balanced. And, and again, um, using FeedXL makes this really simple. You put in your horse's details, um, put in what you're feeding, and it will show you if it, all of its nutrient requirements are being met. So all your minerals and vitamins, protein and energy. Um, and it will also help you work out, um, you know, with the amount of hay that you're feeding, uh, how much sweet feed, for example, you need to add or how much oil you should add to the diet. Um, so you're not guessing sort of, you know, well, if I feed two pounds of sweet feed and a cup of oil, is that enough to put weight on my horse? It will actually um, give you a pretty good indication of whether you're feeding enough calories in that diet um, to cause weight gain in your horse. Um, and that the only other thing I would say is um, don't be impatient when you're trying to get a horse to gain weight. Um, I often liken them to a massive ship trying to turn around. First of all, you have to um, sort of try and stop and then turn and then head back the other way. And, and that process of stopping and turning them, um, especially if they are losing weight when you're getting them, it actually takes quite a while because they, they do have damage um, when they're breaking down proteins in their body. They'll actually break down some of the proteins in their um, gut um, and different internal organs. So they'll repair all of that damage before they actually start putting visible weight on, and that can take some time to do. All right. Um, patient. I didn't want to interrupt again, so... <laughs> <laughs> Are we? Are, I'm done now. <laughs> oh, you're done. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Richards. We appreciate it. And of course, the website is feedxl.com. Thank you to Dr. Richards for joining us and doing these nutrition tips. She's very thorough and it's very, very interesting stuff. I want you to also go to the website and check out Horse Tip Daily number 291. Check out the, uh, the show notes picture there. That's a little guy named Newman that a friend of ours by the name of Darcy rescued uh, from starving to death. He pretty much was on his last legs when she uh, got him out of the situation he was in. And he's he's cute as a dickens, but that just shows you how skinny he was when she got him. And now he's doing much, much better. And uh, she pretty much followed the principles that Dr. Richards was talking about there. And uh, his name is Newman. And he's pretty much was the inspiration for the new logo at the Horse Radio Network, uh, the little guy with the microphone. And if you look at the, this particular picture of Newman and then look at the uh, logo for the Horse Radio Network, you'll see a resemblance there. So uh, we appreciate Dr. Richards and uh, appreciate Darcy letting us use the picture of Newman. He was a perfect example of uh, a little guy that needed to, to go through uh, this regimen that Dr. Richards was talking about. And we'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Music.